day by day and moment by moment. I am learning to live in the reality of who I was created to be while fighting the urge to simply become who the world says I should be. This is a quote from Jill Dasher. She has been on a journey from the shallowness of life into the deep where she has found hope and healing through Jesus Christ. She is a wife and a mom and an author and a blogger and a lifelong journaler, and she has just written an incredible book called Shallow, Drowning in the Shallow End of People's Approval. So on this episode, Jill and I talk about that struggle of wanting to please other people, the struggle of perfection, the struggle of seeking external approval, because that will disappoint us every single time. When we can come clean before the Lord with our sin and our pain and our shame, we open up our heart to be healed. So you're going to hear her beautiful story of how this has played out in her life. And so I welcome Jill Dasher to the By His Grace podcast today. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Hi, Jill Dasher. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. Hello. I'm so honored and happy to be here, Misty. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I saw that you just wrote a new book called Shallow, and I was like, that had me intrigued. I was like, Shallow? And then I looked at the subtitle, Drowning in the Shallow End of People's Approval. So I have to know what prompted you to write this book. So... The honest truth is I did not plan on writing this book. (laughs) There's a little, this book (laughs) I planned on. So I, since I was a young kid, I love to write. It's kind of my therapy. I guess you could say when I was younger, I wrote poetry because I was in that phase where I was just real creative and all that. And then, but I really wanted to write a children's book. That's like when I grew up, I want to write a children's book because I love kids and that's just my heart's passion. And if you know more about me, you know that about me. But I never planned on writing a book that talked about how messed up I was <laughs> ever. <laughs> I never planned to do that. So this was not in my plan. I started blogging back in, man, it was like before it was cool. I just wanted to, it, I, I sort of did it as a diary for myself. And I would tell funny stories about my kids which I have 
five kids now. At the time when I started, I had, I think my youngest bear, I, I had three at the time, but bear was this kid that lived up to his name and he got into anything and everything. I mean, anybody that knows me, they know like there, I could have write, written a book, a children's book about the things that Barry got into. So that's how I started. I just started blogging about my life and funny stories. And over time, every once in a while, I would share something that was vulnerable to, to my life and struggle. And I found that even though for me to write that, it was so scary because I was the type of person that never, I didn't talk about my flaws and I didn't put that out there for other people. I, I wanted for people to think that I had it all figured out and, you know, had my ducks in a row, but over time through the power of the Holy spirit, I started to share some imperfections about myself. And it turns out that I was not the only person, mom, wife in the world that had struggles. And this community just started forming more around real life stuff and not just the funny stories of my kids. And over the years, I would have people say, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I just kind of, you know, it it just wasn't, I I just like, I'm not going to put a book out there about all the things about myself that aren't great. And over the years, the Lord kept coming back to me with that. And I told him, I I told him, you know, in my heart and through my prayers, God, I will write this. I will put this in a book form. You know, I don't know if anybody will read it or will want to read it, but I, I will put it down. And so that's what led me to writing it. And I, I went kicking and screaming sort of the whole way. Like I would write a chapter and be like, no, 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 no. I've got to rewrite that to make it sound better because if someone reads this, they're going to think I'm a a mess. And so I just, it was a, like a Jacob wrestling with God, the entire four years that it took me to write this not so long book. (laughs) Well, let me make you feel better. I have a very similar story. I did not set out to write the things that I wrote in The Struggle is Real, but so is God Bible study that I wrote. It took me three years. I was homeschooling my kids at the time and had a lot of wrestling with God. But what happened when the Holy Spirit met me during my writing time and as I wrote those pages, he began to heal my heart. Mm-hmm. because we're all broken. We we want to just show up like, hey, we got it all together, but none of us do. And so I think that's what people really identify with too, is the brokenness, because we're all broken. We're all a, a product of the fall and our world is is sinful. And so we ha- we feel the effects of that. So I think you found some freedom too in the writing writing pages. So tell me what that's been like for you. So, you know, it's really interesting. I, when I started writing the book, I had an idea of, you know, had an outline. I knew what the chapters would be. And a lot of it was from blogs that I had already written and just compiled into longer stories of the actual event. Um, but what surprised me about the process of this, and I, I can relate to one chapter and specifically, it was the chapter on friendships. There's a chapter Um, called Shallow Friendships. And it has probably been by far the chapter that I've received the most feedback from as far as it helping other people or they were able to relate to it. And 
the funny thing about that is what I intended for that chapter to be, it ended up being something completely different because the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart, like you were talking about. And so I was writing about this particular, these particular relationships that were not God honoring. And, you know, from my perspective, it's easy to spin it in a way where it didn't highlight me as the villain, right? (laughs) Because I'm seeing it, well, from my perspective, if A, B, and C hadn't have happened, then, you know, but as I started to write that chapter, I mean, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart and started revealing truths to me about myself that astounded me. And to the point where when I finished that chapter, not only was it completely different and not highlighting what was wrong with all of these people or these situations, it was, and it, it was a true recognizing of the era of my own heart. And it was just so cool to, for, for God to be doing that. And I didn't even realize he was doing it. Yeah. I had a, some, a similar experience in that I had, I had a area of my life that needed some, some intense healing. And I didn't even know because I had stuffed it for so long. And it wasn't until the writing of the book that that came out and through a miraculous set of circumstances, God used it to absolutely break my heart. And then I was in a place that I could continued and finished writing the book because that healing had to take place. So that's one of the things that I love about books as as a writer that a lot of people that don't write may not know that it is a journey with the Holy Spirit. And if you knew what it took to write a book, like it is a miracle that any book ever gets out ever, right? Yeah. But I'd love to dig into this friendship chapter a little bit more. So tell me about that because I know a lot of times we are online and we're friends with a, we're friends with a lot of people, right? So tell me a little bit more about what that chapter looked like. So it's called Shallow Friendships, but I, I really could have named it just relationships in general. Just, you know, everyone has experienced some type of relationship struggle if they've lived long enough, right? And not through, when I say relationship, I don't mean like an intimate relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, that's a whole nother chapter. There's there's <laughs> stuff like that. There's marriage, all of that. That's in there as well. well. But this is more geared toward friendships. And most of us have experienced a failure in friendships in some capacity, right? And so usually when that happens, we're prone to seeing what is, what, what's wrong with them. We're trained in our culture to look outwardly when it comes to friendships, when it comes to our faith, and we're trained to sort of look and see what's wrong with them. And our culture tells us that's okay because our culture tells us we are awesome and we can't possibly, you know, be in the wrong or in the fault. And so this chapter is basically a retraining of the mind instead of when you enter into a relationship struggle, which you will, instead of looking to what's wrong with them as your immediate go-to, it's being still for a moment, like not reacting in that moment. One of the things that my husband, when we were going through this particular struggle that I talk about in the book, he came to me one day because 
because what you what you want to do is you want to tell your side and you want to fight for for your like, well, this is how I see it. And this is the truth. And my my way is the truth. And as we were going through this particular issue, my husband came to me, to me one day and he said, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is just telling us to be to be quiet, mm. to be quiet and to be still, to not fight for positioning in this, to not fight for telling our side or how we see it, just to just be still. And initially when he told me that, I, I thought, what? Well, no, because if we do that, then all of these people are going to think this about us. And this isn't true because they're saying this, this, and this. And, and Zach was like, no, just, it's okay. Just, just be still and be quiet. And I had no idea at that time that that was going to be life changing to me because it was in that stillness in those months of not saying a word about not, not defending ourselves, not, not talking about not saying a word. It was in those months that the Holy spirit started to reveal things to my, to me about myself that I had wanted to keep hidden for so long. And as I was starting to see those things that were not great, that didn't make me feel good about myself. I was able to experience a level of freedom that I had not known in my faith before I had always just do what you have to do to make sure everything looks good on the outside. Don't worry about the inner stuff that that doesn't really matter. And the Lord was teaching me, no, it's that inner stuff. As you let me go into the dark places and shine light onto the dark places, then you're going to be able to really live. And then the outside, the overflow of your life is really going to be effective for the kingdom instead of just, just a, an act. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I have two comments. First, praise God for the Holy Spirit and praise God for godly husbands who listen to the Holy Spirit and who are not afraid to speak truth to us because that's not always what we want to hear. I know my husband has been that voice in my life as well, but I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that you had that as well and that it opened a whole new area of freedom for you to walk in with the Lord. And really that's that's the goal is for us to know him and to love him and to tell others about him. And and he's conforming us to his image and sanctifying us all along the way. But it's painful sometimes, right? Yeah. So some of the other things that you talked about in the, the book are just like seeking the approval of others. You know, that, that being quiet and waiting on the Lord that you were talking about, that's hard because we want to defend ourselves, right? But over and over, we see in the word that the Lord is our defender right? We don't have to, he will fight for us. We don't have to say a word, but that is very anti, you know, what, what, what our flesh wants to do. And so, so yeah. So also this, this topic of, of seeking others approval, you know, tell me a little bit more about what God did in your life as far as that goes. Sure. Okay. So that is an area, you know, I, I would consider myself to to be a perfectionist, a recovering perfectionist from a young age, mainly because I enjoyed being approved of and validated from people from, you know, oh, you're pretty to, oh, you're really good at this to, oh, you know, that is how I drew my value as a person. It was placed on how other people viewed me. And so as long as they thought that I was good and pretty and whatever, then that must be the reality. That's, that's where I was formulating my identity. Well, it's 
it's not great to formulate your identity on what other people think of you. <laughs> because when you do that, you're, you're on a hamster wheel. You're, your head's on a swivel. You're like, okay, well, I'll be this person for these people. And then I'll be this person for these people. And it is so completely exhausting. It's completely exhausting. And no matter how approved you are, you don't feel approved because you know that you're just trying to be whoever you need to be in the moment, depending on who you're around. You don't even really know, hey, who is the real Jill? This is the Jill in this situation. This is the Jill in this situation. And it's it's just exhausting. And, you know, to say in a few sentences, how did God pull me out of that? Well, I'll say one, he's still pulling me out of that. I'm not, I haven't arrived, you know, at this place where I no longer care what people think about me, but I will say that he, as I look at like the trajectory of my life, I see how God, like, like the whole time he's like moving me in like little inchworm bits. Right. And I think a lot of it started with marriage troubles And well, I'll start there. So I got married very young. My husband and I got married very young, which I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't go back and do it over, but I was very immature. I won't speak for his immaturity at the time, but I was very immature. And one of my struggles, and I talk about it in the book was jealousy, which is not a struggle that women like to admit to. It's like, that just sounds, yeah, you know, but I, I did, I was jealous a lot and I would accuse him of, just stupid stuff. I mean, when I think about some of the things we fought about now, I'm like, what in the world? But in the moment, that was where we were at. And I will, I remember this one particular day I talk about it in the book, we're pulling in the driveway from somewhere and I'm accusing him of something so silly. And, you know, he looks at me and he's like, Jill, you know, I'm out there trying to be a good husband to you, trying to honor you, but you're constantly, constantly accusing me of this. You're constantly accusing me of looking at other girls or being unfaithful or whatever. He's like, I might as well just be that person that you're accusing me of because it doesn't matter what I do. And I remember just like, it was like that gut punch moment of like, like, wait a minute, like I'm, like my insecurity is ruining my marriage. Like I am like, like this is not good. And I remember going into my house and going into my closet and like falling to my knees and just crying out to God. Like I never had before of just begging him, God, you've got to change me. You've got to show me like why I'm this way and why I'm so insecure and why. And, and I never done that before because I never admitted those things to myself. Right. I would never have said, yeah, I, I, I tend to struggle with jealousy or I tend to, you know, like I would not have admitted those things about myself, but, but I, I remember that day and I believe that that, that was a starting point of me saying, okay, Holy Spirit, like you've been here all along. You've been showing me all along, but I haven't wanted to see it or hear it. But now I want to see it and I want to hear it and I want to be different. And I would say that that was the beginning of a lifelong journey, right? Of God changing me. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. Well, you touched on something that I'd like to dive a little bit deeper in, and that is perfection. As a struggling former perfectionist who's still struggling, I mean, it's it's hard. I think when I, I was totally tracking with you and you were like, you know, we do all these things and we get approval from our parents or our peers or our whatever, and we can start to believe our own press, right? Mm-hmm. But then the expectations that we put on ourselves to be a certain way can be soul crushing, right? Because we're living up to other people's expectations. So I'd love to know how has the Lord helped you to let go of some of your perfectionist tendencies? I think it's honestly the reminder that I'm the strongest when I'm the weakest. You know, we we read that scripture, you know, where, you know, Paul's talking about that in his weaknesses, he is strong, right? And we we all know that, but do we believe that about our own lives? And for me, I think that the way the Lord is is showing me is just by me tasting and seeing that he is good yes. and that he really means that it's really true that the more I am willing to expose my weakness and be like, this is where I'm at. God, this is my struggle. And and the same with other people, like the more strength I receive in him being like, I see you, I get that. I can walk with you through that. But when we're trying to live up to this facade that somehow we've created in our mind that people expect us to be, there's no room for growth because because you can't even admit that there's something about yourself that needs to change. And so you're just on this 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 when when perfectionism is your goal you cannot be known by anybody in your life, really known. Because you're only letting them see the parts of you that are beautiful and that are good. And, and that's true in a marriage. It's true in a relationship. It's true in a family. I mean, I think about my relationship with my kids and, you know, I've got my oldest is a freshman in college now. My youngest is 17 months old, which that's a whole funny story. (laughs) But people will ask me things about our family dynamic and we don't have it figured out. Don't, (laughs) I'm not a perfect parent. We've got plenty of stuff we're dealing with. But the, the word is dealing with, we talk about things like, and not just the pretty things like, like we have an open home, like yeah. to, to talk about the stuff of it. And, and I, and my husband, we're continually having to confess to our children, you know, we're, we're, you have to, like, if you, your kids have to see that you don't have it together. Like if, if you don't want your kids to become these people that are striving and striving and striving for perfectionism and approval. Well, they have to see that, Hey, mom and dad aren't perfect yeah. and mom and dad have issues. And, and so it's really just God is dealing with me as I believe what he says in his word, as I believe, I believe you God, that when you say, I confess my sins, I'll be healed. I believe you. So I'm going to do that. And it feels uncomfortable, but I do it and I see that he's right. Like that really did that confession really brought healing to my life. So, you know what? I think I'm going to do that again (laughs) because I'm certainly going to need to confess again. I'm certainly going to sin again. Right. And so the, the way to healing, no matter what, whether it's perfectionism, whether it's whatever your struggle is, 
it's believe God at his word and just, just try it, try it out and see if he does not bring healing into your life as you confess. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love uh, just your approach with your family because that's the way that my husband and I have raised our boys as well. When we've been wrong, we've had to go to them and say, I'm sorry, you know, I shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have said this, or I should have given you some grace here or or whatever the situation is. And what we have found too with, with our own children is that we're teaching them, we are modeling for them, like we don't have it all together. No one was perfect, only Jesus. We are gonna mess up. But when we mess up, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to make things right. We need to love. We need to be kind, whatever the situation is. And if we just, you know, pretend like, oh, we got it all together, that doesn't do our kids any good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as we are kind of drawing things to a close here, what is your hope that if someone picks up your book, what what is your hope that they will walk away after reading your your story? So my hope, so that shallow, the book is actually has a journal component as well. At the end of each chapter, it invites the reader to journal through their own processes with whatever that chapter is dealing with. And so my hope, journaling became a lifeline to me. It, it And as I go back, I see how God has shaped me and changed me. And so I really hope that shallow can offer that for the reader, that they can journal and process through these topics and see the Holy Spirit working in their life. I mean, even if it's just through one chapter, I, you know, I would love it if God could use my messed up life to bring hope to somebody else to know that, hey, if if she can change and she can be different, then God can do that same thing for me. And and what I would really hope is that it would push them to share their story. I'm a believer in that, you know, there is power in our testimonies and that is, you know, when, when I hear how God changed your life, it, it helps me to believe, Oh, that can happen for me. And so I believe more of us need to be sharing the way the Lord has changed our lives. And that's how, that's how it becomes this contagious thing of, Ooh, I, I want that. I want to be different. I want to be changed. So I guess in a nutshell, I would say, I hope that, they can see the Holy Spirit process and change them in certain ways. And then they can tell other people their stories. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you don't know this about me, but there's a couple of things that I say all the time. One is use your story for God's glory because I have had that healing experience. And and the Bible study I wrote, The Struggle is Real, is about overcoming. So it's about overcoming sin, which is our problem. And, you know, the, the promises that there are to overcomers and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and mm-hmm. the word of our testimony. And so, you know, I would just encourage anybody who is listening here that may be struggling with some of the things that we talked about today or any number of things, I would encourage you to get alone with the Lord. Journaling can be so healing and God can use it to restore the broken in your life. And I also would encourage you to get Jill's book and journey with her, follow her online. We will share all of her information in the show notes. So Jill, thank you so much for your vulnerability, for showing up, for raising tiny humans and making a difference in the world. Thank you so much, Misty. I'm I'm honored, truly. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. 
I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there. <laughs>